0: Welcome to the live broadcast of A Service for the Worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. The live audio stream is available at the Grace Covenant website, which can be found at grace-covenant.org. Just press the listen button.
1: Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt God's name together. Good morning, and welcome to Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church on this Transfiguration of the Lord Sunday. I am co-pastor Joanna Sidnor, and here at Grace Covenant, we we welcome all who come to worship, whether in person, whether listening over the radio airwaves or live streaming. We welcome you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'd like to turn your attention to the announcements that are printed in your bulletin, of which I will highlight a few. All are welcome to Wednesday night supper at 6 p.m., where a warm and delicious meal will be served, followed by our Ash Wednesday service at 6.45 p.m. in the chapel this month is solar panel month grace covenant is fundraising to complete the educational building's roof with solar panels funds will be accepted for this project through the end of february checks are accepted please note in the memo section solar panels or you may use the qr code in the bulletin to make your donation at the church's website please join us for Prayer 101 next Sunday at 9:45 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall, where all are welcome to grow our relationship with God and with one another through prayer. Finally, Grace Covenant Presbyterian uh, Grace Covenant's Prayer Team leads an intercessory prayer for our congregation, for our region, and for the world. If you are interested in participating, On the prayer team, the prayer team meets weekly on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. in room 212. Please read the bulletin to see the many different ways in which you can be part of God's community here at Grace Covenant. Now, let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship the Lord. (coughs)
2: Please stand and join in the call to worship. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My My soul soul may its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord. Oh, te- taste and see that the Lord is good.
0: Once again, welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church at 1627 Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. This is the 100th year of radio ministry at Grace Covenant. Today's date is February the 19th, 2023, and today's broadcast is number 5079. This morning's sermon, entitled God's Shining Face, will be delivered by Rev. Dr. Nelson Reevely, Pastor for Discipleship. Assisting in the service today are Christopher Martin, Director of Music and Organist, the Chancel Choir, Violinist Christine Anderson, Cheryl Jacobs, Liturgist, and the Rev. Calvin and Joanna Sidner, Covenant Co-Pastors. Our opening hymn is All People That on Earth Do Dwell, which is number 220 in the Presbyterian Hymn.
2: before God unless we are first honest with ourselves about who we are, the mistakes we make, and how well or poorly we care for others. In this spirit, let us offer our prayers to God. Merciful God, we confess that we stray from your life-giving ways in thought, word, and deed. We fall short of following you with all our heart, soul, and might. And as a result, we fall short of loving our neighbors as ourselves. Graciously form us in your mercy, creating us a wise heart, and put a new and steadfast spirit within us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your life-giving ways. Amen. in a position to condemn, only Christ. And Christ died for us, Christ rose for us, Christ reigns in power for us, Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Let us lean into the good news of forgiveness and live in love with God and our neighbors.
1: ages two to six are invited to come to the front of the sanctuary where church volunteers will lead them to the fellowship hall for children's chapel and you may pick them up immediately following worship at the back of the fellowship hall the nursery um, care is available for ages under two in room 103 Praise God for our little children. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us your word for a light to shine upon our paths. Grant us so to mediate and meditate on that word and to follow its teachings that we may find in the light that shines more and more until that perfect day, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This morning's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 34, verses 29 through 35. Listen for the word of the Lord. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain, with the two tablets of the covenant in his hands, Moses did not know that his skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been what had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining, and Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went to speak with him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: Our New Testament reading this morning Comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17. Listen again to God's word for us. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became bright as light. And suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. And then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will set up three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And while he was speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome with fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they raised their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them Tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Gracious Lord, the preaching of your word, with the blessing of your spirit, grant that insofar as it is true to your everlasting goodness, it shall be undergirded by your power And by your love, grant that insofar as it is false, it shall be swiftly forgotten and do no harm. Above all, God, grant that this sermon and our whole worship service may grow us in your love and our love for one another. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Just before our passage in Matthew today, Jesus had been trying to explain to his disciples That despite all he had been doing, healing, teaching with authority, proclaiming the coming kingdom of God, he must now go to Jerusalem to suffer at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, that he must be killed, that he would be raised on the third day, but that his death was central to his role as Messiah, giving his life as a ransom for many. In the words of Isaiah 53, bearing our infirmities, carrying our diseases, being wounded for our transgressions, healing us by his bruises, bearing the sins of us all. The disciples did not take this message well. Peter even pulled Jesus aside to rebuke him, saying, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. To which Jesus replied amazingly, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You don't have your mind on the concerns of God, but on merely human concerns. Now, it was six days after this moment of tension and the disciples' confusion around Jesus' role as Messiah that Jesus took Peter, James, and John up a high mountain, off by themselves. Now mountains are already places of great beauty and transcendence with the vast sweeping views of God's creation that they afford. Jesus often went up mountains to pray, and they play a key role for others in Scripture too. But on this mountain, in this moment, something additionally marvelous happened. Jesus's clothes and face started glowing radiant like the sun. Jesus had proclaimed, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But here he was, not just metaphorically shining, but literally beaming rays of light from his presence. I don't know if any of y'all have ever heard the word bioluminescence. It's one of my favorite words, but it means light that shines from living organisms. And the most well-known example probably is a firefly or a lightning bug. A warm summer night, a light with lightning bugs is an amazing thing, especially if you're around little kids running, laughing with all due abandon amid these twinkling wonders. But in this moment on this mountaintop with Peter, James, and John, and Jesus, it was more than fireflies afoot. Jesus himself had become bioluminescence personified, bioluminescence gone wild. Biblical scholar N.T. Wright interprets this moment closely with the teaching Jesus had just been giving his disciples about being the Messiah. N.T. Wright declares about this moment, quote, Jesus' transfiguration is a sign of Jesus being entirely caught up with, bathed in, the love, the power, the kingdom of God, so that it transforms his whole being with light in the way that music transforms words that are sung. This is the sign that Jesus is not just indulging in fantasies about God's kingdom, but that he is speaking and doing the truth. It's the sign that he is indeed the true prophet, the true Messiah. End quote. But Jesus lighting up the mountain is not all that Peter, John, and James saw that day. Before they knew it, they also saw Elijah and Moses standing with Jesus, talking with him. How did they know it was Moses and Elijah? I don't know. Maybe Jesus greeted them, but something in their conversation made it clear enough. And I also wonder, was it Moses and Elijah in the flesh or a vision of Jesus with them that these three disciples were collectively seeing? Either way, Peter, James, and John saw and heard Jesus, Moses, and Elijah together talking on that mountain in that moment in a way that these three disciples would later recount to others once Jesus had been raised from the dead. Now many folks understand the presence of Moses and Elijah as representing the law and the prophets. The law calling for the love of God and neighbor as oneself and the prophets calling for people to repent and return to that love of God and neighbor as oneself. Jesus standing with Moses and Elijah makes a lot of sense in this vein, given that Jesus is the fulfillment of that law and that prophetic call, as the way, the truth, and the life through which the law will ultimately be written on our hearts, as Jeremiah wrote of God's messianic promise, quote, I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and no longer shall they teach one another to say to one another, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Jesus is the one through whom this new covenant of the law being written on our hearts was unfolding. But this vision of Jesus, alight alongside Moses and Elijah, It's not all that happened that day, if you can believe it or not. There's more. Peter, James, and John also soon found themselves enveloped in a bright cloud and heard a voice declare, This is my son, beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And it's here that we have to hit another key reason for Moses and Elijah to appear with Jesus in this moment on this mountain Because Moses and Elijah themselves each respectively had their own powerful mountaintop experience with God. In 1 Kings 19, it recounts the time that the prophet Elijah was on the run for his life. And God led Elijah to go and stand on the mountain in the presence, the face of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And as we know, Elijah famously saw, heard, and felt first a roaring violent wind, but the Lord was not in the wind. And then Elijah felt this shaking earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then Elijah saw this raging fire, but God was not in the fire. And then finally, God came to Elijah with a gentle whisper, a still, small voice that was calling Elijah himself to be still and to know that God always remains our creator and our redeemer, no matter what happens in the here and now. Moses had a mountaintop experience too in God's presence, as we know, before God's face. As we heard this morning in our Old Testament reading in Exodus 34. And that bright cloud that surrounded Peter, James, and John, Jesus, Elijah, and Moses is that cloud of God's presence that went before the Israelites in the Exodus, that glorious pillar of cloud by day and of fire by night that led the Israelites out of slavery, out of oppression. This sign of God's presence, this thick cloud filled with thunder, lightning, fire, it also descended on Mount Sinai when God came to give the law, the covenant that taught the life-giving ways of God. And it's as Moses was prayerfully receiving the covenant that he spoke to God face to face on that mountaintop. As Exodus thirty three eleven movingly reads, the Lord used to talk to Moses face to face as one talks to a friend. And then Moses, when he would come out from speaking prayerfully in conversation with God like this, his face was glowing. And Moses wouldn't even know it at first. Exodus 34, 29 reads, Moses didn't know that the skin on his face shone because he'd been talking with God. That's such an incredible description of the power of prayerful conversation with our creator. And I imagine many folks have experienced a time when they sat in meditation with God, maybe over a passage of scripture, maybe in silence, maybe praying through their life, the life of their loved ones, the lives of their neighbors near and far, and they came out of that prayerful time of conversation with God with a refreshed, peaceful, joyful, radiant, dare we say bioluminescent expression on their face. And if you haven't had that kind of experience, I know you have had times where you've experienced God's shining face, whether you realize it or not, because God's God's shining face is really another way of saying God's presence, the movement of God's spirit, of God's blessing in this world, in our lives. Psalm 67 hints on this connection between God's face and God's blessing when it describes and declares, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that our way, that your way, Lord, may be known upon earth your saving power among all nations. Likewise, Psalm 89, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, God. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Happy are the people who have learned to praise you, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. And we know, too, that ancient benediction and blessing from number six, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So sisters and brothers in Christ, where do you see God's face shining in your life? Because for my two cents, Jesus' shining face is not something limited to that moment 2,000 years ago with Moses, Elijah, Peter, James, and John on that mountaintop in that moment. I think if we have but eyes to see, we can prayerfully see God's shining face, God's presence around us, both in our own major mountaintop moments as well as in the ordinary illuminations of our everyday lives. Now, those mountaintop moments in our lives might be what tend to come to mind when we think about seeing God's face, and they're wonderful. For instance, when I held... My oldest son, Ethan, for the first time. And then later, uh, four and a half years later, my youngest son, Asher. Those were each mountaintop moments in my life. In which I suddenly had unimaginable gratitude for everything that my parents had ever done for me. I had awe at the wonderfully, fearfully made little children that God had now placed in my care. And I also had this immense sense of vulnerability and this distinct feeling that my heart had officially now leapt out of my body and resided out and about in the world, having sprouted legs that would soon be crawling, walking, running around, uh, doing Lord knows what, Lord knows where. Another mountaintop moment in my life came on a trip to South. Saint, Mount Saint-Michel uh, in Normandy, France. As some of you probably know, Mount Saint-Michel is a monastery over a millennia old, millennium old, that sits on a steep hill out in a tidal island with this little, on this little outcropping of land uh, in the middle of the incoming tide. I was there with Jess and her parents and her siblings, uh, and as the sun was setting on that particular day, we were climbing up and up step after step, room after room of this gorgeous monastery until we ended up in this expansive sanctuary at the top, where there was this marvelous harmony of divine architecture of the views around us and the image-bearing architecture of the monastery itself. And the sanctuary even opened up onto an area where you could walk out and see the ocean and a fiery sunset, God's shining face of purple, red, orange shrieks descending amid the cool blues and blacks of the oncoming night. In moments like those, it's hard to do much more than to soak it in as best you can, hoping that it might just stay in your bones forever. I imagine we have each had these kinds of mountaintop moments, whether with family or friends, whether with work or school or play, whether it's in places you've experienced things that just pull you up short with their beauty, God's shining face, God's creative movement in this world. I think it's equally important, though, to name the ordinary, everyday illuminations of God's light in our lives, too. And when I think about God's shining face in ordinary, everyday life, there are four places that commonly jump to mind. They're work, play, rest, and relationships. When I'm able to work constructively on a project that I know is going to be useful to somebody else, that enlists and engages gifts and talents that I've got to offer, this is a blessing. This is God's shining face in the gift of constructive work. When I'm able to go for a run or take some time to play the piano or enjoy a board game or building Legos with Eason and Asher, this is God's shining face, God's blessing in the gift of play and family. When I can catch a night's sleep, sheltered in a bed at night, this is God's shining face, God's blessing in the gift of rest. And when I can see God at work, growing slowly but surely, fruits of the Spirit in my relationships with God, with myself, with those around me, making me more patient or forgiving, for instance, I can see God's shining face, God's presence and blessing. And I have to say, along these lines, there's this incredibly beautiful moment in Genesis 33, too, It's admittedly a bit more of a mountaintop moment, but it's when Jacob was returning home decades after stealing his father Isaac's blessing and the family birthright from his brother Esau, a sin for which Esau was ready to kill Jacob, spurring Jacob to flee 20 years prior. And when Jacob was coming home, he was rightly worried that his brother might still want to kill him. And while we don't have time to delve into the details, suffice it to say that instead of meeting Jacob with violence and vengeance, Esau met Jacob with a forgiving, loving embrace, just as Jacob met Esau with repentance in word and in deed. Genesis 33, 4 reads, Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him and threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And Jacob said to his brother, "Uh, to see your face is like seeing the face of God. Reconciliation, uh, the saving, redeeming, gracious movement of God's spirit, that's the shining face of God too. And it's the kind of bioluminescent love from which and for which we and this entire universe were made and redeemed by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as Jesus proclaimed in the Sermon on the Mount and Pastor Calvin preached about a few weeks ago, this is also the kind of light of God that we're called to let shine in our lives so that people can see those good works and give glory to God so that people might learn and see and fall in love with the good God who made us all. So to close, sisters and brothers, I ask you, I encourage you to take time today and each day to make a list, to write down the ways in which you see God's shining face in your life, your mountaintop moments and your ordinary illumination moments. And it's important to note that God's shining face is also something That is with us, not only in those times of clear blessing, but also in those times of loss, injury, illness, death. Also in those times when we honestly feel God's absence and the hardship we face or that we see others facing more than we might even feel God's presence. But the love and the care and the compassion that we can show one another are ways that we can feel God's shining face even amid such sorrows and the ways that we can pursue justice together and a more perfect union where everybody can grow their god-given gifts and talents in concert and community with one another this is a way in which we can feel and see god's shining face even amid terrible losses or injustices and of course we see god's shining face as well in the hope of the resurrection to come, when God's brilliance will shine unshadowed by sin and death, when every tear is wiped away, every wrong made right, and where we're all raised aglow radiant with the love of God and neighbors as ourselves. So make those lists of where you see God's face shining in your life, the ordinary ways and the mountaintop ways. And if you find that you're having trouble making that list of ways you see God's shining face in your own life, whether it's in the past or it's in the present, reach out to me. Reach out to Pastor Joanna, Pastor Calvin. Reach out to a ruling elder or a deacon. The the ordination and installation of new officers today is also definitely a place in which we see God's shining face. But reach out. Let's talk about it. Let's grow in the love of God together in community with one another. Because the more that we can name God's presence in our own lives, the more that we can narrate our own lives theologically, the more that we can help other people to do so as well. And the more that we can grow in the light of God's presence. Unto God's radiant kingdom come. To God be the glory, brothers and sisters, forever and ever. Amen.
0: You are listening to the live broadcast of a worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. You have just heard this morning's sermon entitled God's Shining Face, which was delivered by Reverend Dr. Nelson Reevley pastor for discipleship. The congregation will now join in singing O Wondrous Sight, O Vision Fair, which is number 75 in the Presbyterian Hymn.
4: is an appropriate response to the word proclaimed for us to have our ordination and installation of elders and deacons will the candidates for ordination and installation come forward all can follow along in your bulletin there are different gifts but it's but it's the same spirit there are different ways of serving God but the same the same is God works through different people in different ways but God who his purpose through them all. each one is given a gift by the Spirit. Together, we are the body of Christ. We are all called into the Church of Jesus Christ by baptism and marked as Christ's own by the Holy Spirit. This is our common calling to be disciples of Jesus Christ and servants of our Lord Jesus Christ. Within the community of the church some are called to particular service as deacons, as ruling elders, and as ministers of word and sacrament. Ordination is Christ's gift to the church assuring that his ministry continues among us. Through ordination God provides for acts of care and compassion in the world for the ordering and governance of the church and for the preaching of the word and celebration of the
2: sacraments. Representing the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, the Session of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church now ordains Romulo Alejandro and Rusty Stadler as to the Ministry of Ruling Elders. The session also installs to active service those who have been previously ordained. Deacons Kathy Stadler, Rebecca Reagan, Atunu Atacola, Bob Nichols, and Lisa Cardwell, and ruling elder Dana McKnight.
4: As God calls some to particular forms of ministry, God calls us all to bear gladly the yoke of Christ given in the covenant of baptism. Let us therefore reaffirm our baptismal vows, renouncing all that opposes God and God's rule and affirming the faith of the holy Catholic Church. To all of you. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Do you? I do. I do. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and love? Do you? I do. Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? Will you with God's help?
5: I will, I will with God's help. Will
4: the congregation, please stand. With the whole church, let us confess our faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell.
5: The third day he rose again He
4: ascended into heaven and sat on the right hand of God the Father Almighty.
5: From From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy
4: Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is
5: to give our thanks
4: and Let us pray. Gracious and eternal God, with joy we give you thanks and praise. We praise you for sending Jesus, your Son, who for us was baptized in the waters of the Jordan and was anointed as the Christ by your Holy Spirit. Through the baptism of his death and resurrection, you set us free from the bondage of sin and death and give us cleansing and rebirth. By your Holy Spirit, renew us that we may be empowered to do your will and continue forever in the risen life of Christ to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all glory and honor now and forever. Amen. You all may be seated.
1: Dana McKnight, Rusty Stadler, Ram Alejandro, Kathy Stadler, Rebecca Reagan, Itunu Adekoya, Bob Nichols, and Lisa Cardwell. In baptism you were claimed by the love of God, clothed in the in the grace of Jesus Christ and anointed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit to share Christ's mission in the world. Now you are called by God through the voice of the church for the new service and ministry in Jesus' name. In accordance with the Constitution of the Presbyterian Church USA, show your commitment to this calling by responding to these questions. Do you trust in Jesus Christ, your Savior, Acknowledge him Lord of all and head of the church, and through him believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you? I do. Do you accept the scripture of the Old and New Testament to be, by the Holy Spirit, the unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ in the church universal and God's word to you? Do you?
5: I do.
1: Do you sincerely receive and adopt the essential tenets of the Reformed faith as expressed in the confession of our church as authentic and reliable expositions of what scripture leads us to believe and do? And will you be instructed and led by those confessions as you lead the people of God? Do you? I Will you fulfill your ministry in obedience to Jesus Christ, under the authority of Scripture, and be continually guided by our confessions. Will you? Amen. Amen. Will you be governed by our church's polity? And will you ab- abide by its discipline? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry, working with them, subject to the ordering of God's word and spirit? Will you? Will you in your own lives seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love your neighbors, and work for reconciliation of the world? Will you? I will. Do you promise to further the peace, unity, and purity of the church? Do you? I do. And for the deacons, will you be faithful deacons? teaching, charity, urging, concern, and directing the people's help to the friendless and those in need. And in your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? Will you? I
5: will.
1: And for our ruling elders, will you be be faithful, ruling elders, watching over the people, providing for their worship, nurture, and service? Will you share in government and discipline, serving in councils of the church, and in your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? Will you?
5: I will.
2: Please stand for the questions. Do we, the members of the church, accept Dana McKnight, Rusty Stadler, Ram Alejandro, Kathy Stadler, Rebecca Reagan, Atunu Adekoya, Bob Nichols, and Lisa Cardwell as ruling elders and deacons chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ.
5: Amen.
2: Do we agree to pray for them, to encourage them, to respect their decisions? And to follow as they guide us, serving Jesus Christ, who alone is head of the church.
1: Ages and in every place you have chosen servants from among your people to point the way to salvation by your grace. We are grateful for ancestors in the faith who followed without fear, placing their trust in you alone, for judges and monarchs who ruled in righteousness and peace, for prophets and apostles who spoke your bold words of mercy and of truth, For leaders and teachers and every age who have nurtured your people in faith and faithfulness. Above all, we praise you for Jesus Christ, who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life to set others free. Anointed by your Holy Spirit, he proclaimed your reign on earth, revealing your saving love in all he said and did. Gracious God, pour out your spirit upon your servants, Rom, Alejandro, and Rusty Stadler, whom you have called by baptism as your own. Grant them the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. Gracious God, we also give you thanks for your servants, Dana McKnight, Kathy Stadler, Rebecca Reagan, Itunu Adukoya, Bob Nichols, and Lisa Cardwell as they continue in the ministry to which you have called them. Help them to rely on the gifts of your spirit and to follow Christ faithfully in this calling. Give them a spirit of truthfulness that they may show the compassion of Christ in the actions of daily living and rightly govern your people. Gracious God, pour out your spirit of power and truth upon the whole church, that we may be for you a holy people baptized to serve you in the world. Sustain your church in ministry. Ground us in the gospel. Secure our hope in Christ. Strengthen our service to the outcast, and increase our love for one another. Show us the transforming power of your grace in our life together that we may be effective servants of the gospel, offering a compelling witness to the world, to the good news of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
5: Amen.
1: Now will um, all ordained elders, as well as ministers of the word and sacrament, come forward for the laying on of hands. Gracious Lord, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for each one represented here, for your humble servants, O Lord. Rusty, Stadler, and Ram Alejandro. Bless them, O Lord. Pour your Spirit upon them, whom you have called by baptism as your own. Grant them the same mind that was with Jesus Christ. Be gracious upon them, O Lord, that they might follow in your footsteps, O Lord, that they might serve you here in this church, that they might serve you, Lord, throughout this community, that they might serve you, Lord, throughout this church. Bless this church, O Lord, that we might be your hands and your feet, that we might do your will in all that we say and do, that we might love you, Lord, and love our neighbors as ourselves oh Lord we pray these things that you will show us the transforming power of your grace in our lives together that we may be effective servants of the gospel offering a compelling witness in the world to the good news of Jesus Christ our Lord Amen. amen, amen. now let us extend the right hand of fellowship
5: you can stand up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome, new officers. Thanks be to God.
3: And sisters and brothers, let us turn our hearts and minds again in prayer to our Lord. Lord God, creator of the universe, creator of all there is and all there ever will be, we thank you for not only making us part of your good creation, but also for crafting us in your image, We thank you for giving us immense abilities to create and steward, to love and care, to be faithful and just, to be joyful and to delight in you and one another and in your good creation. We thank you, Lord, for giving all those things that we need for living, food, friends, family, truth, beauty, and goodness, laughter, love, and learning, all these ways in which we see your shining face in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that when we strayed from your life-giving ways, you came incarnate as Christ to save us from sin and from death. We thank you as well, Lord, for this congregation and our leaders. We thank you for our new elders and deacons. We thank you for your churches throughout the world, God. And we ask that you make all of us a beacon of your light. And we pray as well, Lord, today for all those who are hurting in this world right now. Whether in this sanctuary, this city, this region, state, nation, this world. All those who are suffering, whether due to loss or loneliness, injury or illness, death or destruction, war or injustice, violence, whether physical or verbal. God, we call for your healing power beyond anything we can imagine, and we ask that you convict and spur each of us to be your faithful hands and feet, your instruments of peace with our time and our talent and treasure in this world to all those within our reach. And Lord, we pray as well today always for your return, for the resurrection, for your full kingdom come, for that day when every tear is wiped away, when we are reunited with loved ones lost, and when we are filled overwhelmingly with your light and your love. And now, God, we unfold these prayers in the prayer that you taught us when you came incarnate as Christ to save us from sin and death so that we might live abundantly, bioluminescently in your image of creativity, love, faithfulness, and joy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
4: With with thankfulness we give in gratitude and joy. With prayerfulness we give in sacrifice and love. With hopefulness we give in commitment to god and now sisters and brothers in christ as recipients of abundant life in christ we now offer our gifts to god as the ushers pass the offering plate please place your attendance cards any prayer requests that you may have and your offering in the plate for those worshiping at home we encourage you to continue your financial ministry by sending your offering either through the mail, through your bank, or online at www.grace-covenant.org/give online. Please give as the Spirit leads you. To God be the glory. God of wonder, we offer you these humble gifts, signs of your goodness and mercy. Receive them with our gratitude, that through us all people may know the riches of your love in the Word made flesh. Amen.
3: sisters and brothers, as we go forth to be grown in the love of God and in the love of our neighbors as ourselves, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, now and forevermore.
0: For the past hour, you have been listening to the worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Please join us again next Sunday through our radio ministry or in our sanctuary at 1627 Monument Avenue. The next Red Cross Blood Drive will be held here in the Fellowship Hall on Good Friday. That's April the 7th, between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Your announcer today has been John Harris, and the engineers were Steve Kemp and John Miller. This service streams live and can be accessed through the Grace Covenant website, which is grace-covenant.org. We now return you to the Truth Network on WLES, 590 on your AM dial and 97.7 on your FM dial.